Hello. <laughs> I, uh, I want to, before I start tonight, I want to thank Pastor Barb. This is something that she's given me the opportunity to do, uh, and her father did that before that about 15 years ago, probably. So I want to thank her very, very much in the house. This is such a special place, and so I never want to take it for granted. Um, I want to ask everyone a question. Um, I want you guys to think of a movie. I'm going to ask, because it's a small group, I wasn't going to, but we can, we'll get through this. I want to ask, has anyone, think about when you were a kid and you were growing up. I want to think of you to think of your favorite kind of movie, whether it was romance, whether it was action, whether it was thrillers, whether it was horror films. I, wanna, I want you guys to think of a movie that changed the way you thought about something, that changed you for a second. Um, my first one, probably when I was young, was probably an action movie called Rocky when it first came out. It changed, I mean, I remember how it, it, I looked at things differently. I was only probably this big, 10 years old, maybe when it came out. But, okay, whose favorite movie is a uh, science fiction? No? No one had a science fiction movie? Didn't, how about Star Wars? Yes? E.T., okay. Okay, how about, uh, how about a thriller? No? No thriller? Did anyone watch a movie and they went home and they started locking their doors after they watched this. Okay. Okay. I remember my mother talking about a movie that kind of really disturbed her when she was growing up was a movie called Birds. And it shocked the way she did it. What was your, what was your favorite movie? Okay. I... My, my brother and I have always been in the water. And when Jaws came out, we've scuba dived. And to this day, you, you, still, you still hear things in the water or see things in the water, but they're not there every once in a while. And it goes flying by you. And how about uh, who has a comedy? Comedy? Come on. How about uh, a horror movie? Scary one. Come on there. I was good. That's mine. Oh, in fact, to that day, I really don't like watching horror films because I have, and I've told you guys this before when I was up here before, but I have this thing where I sometimes, I, and it started out with exercise. I went home and I couldn't, you can't close your eyes for a couple of days after that thing when you're 12 or 10 years old when this thing comes on. But I remember after that, as I got older, I watched horror films, went home and checked behind the shower when I went in the bathroom, the curtain, and I checked all these things. Yes, made sure everything's doing that. You're watching all this thing. But I was, <clears throat> I have, um, and I call it a gift. I don't know if it's just the way I made up. I don't know if God gave me that. And I believe he gave me the gift. But he gave me this gift to be able to, to be able to, take a period in time and be able to, I, I close my eyes. And at that point in time, it helps me remember how I feel at that next second. 
it reminded me how I, where I was. It reminded me, I can feel it. I can, all kinds of the emotions at that second. I remember one of the questions is, I remember my, uh, I have one for my kids, all for my kids. And I remember having one for my daughter, Kelly. And I remember her coming up to me and people at school when she was little, people at school, she had a horrible day at school. And I picked her up from this, it was, it was, she was in school, I think first or second grade. And I remember coming to school and she hugged me and she was just bawling. And I remember closing my eyes and to this day I can close my eyes and remember that. And I remember her holding me so tight and it's always my vision of her when I, want, when I need it of how much she needed me more than anything in the entire world. She just held on me like it was forever. And then 10 years later, she never held on to me again. And so that's why I keep that. That's why God gave it to me. I have uh, one of my favorite movies for romance. And guys, I'm, I'm just saying this because it's most action movies mostly because it's more manly. But one of the favorite, my favorite romance movies is I want to hear the movie Somewhere in Time. With uh, uh, Jane Seymour and uh, Superman was in it. Uh, that's right, Reeves was in it. And he, how much he absolutely, he saw this picture of this woman and how much he loved her. And he, he went back in time. He eventually figured out how to go back in time. And he gave up everything for it. He gave up, it was every, he knew when he looked at her and he saw her in this picture, that he had to be with her, that he wanted to be with her. And that is one of my, it, it reminds me of one of the times that I remember I have another picture in my head for my wife. I have one, I remember the very, very, very first time I ever held her hand. I remember holding her hand and my hand was on top. And then I remember moving it and seeing her little hand. I can remember when I closed my eyes, I think I can remember how warm her hand was. Or it may have been mine because it was sweating, but I remember how warm it was. But I remember, it's like, it's like I go back and I remember that, that time, how I felt, how hot it was, how, how the, my hand, her hand, I remember the lines in her hand. And um, I, also, I also remember my daughter Grace. I remember her being born because she was a premature baby when she was born. And I remember them taking her out and she wasn't breathing. And I remember looking and they're working on her and my wife's screaming at me, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And I'm trying to look like the rock and I'm looking at her and looking at her. And I remember looking at her thinking she wasn't alive because she wasn't moving, she wasn't breathing. And they were, doctors were concerned. They have more doctors calling more doctors. And I remember if I closed my eyes, I remember her breathing her first time. I remember that minute when she went from just nothing and then, and then screamed. I remember that for the first time. And so um, these things, uh, movies with me, I'm very visual. Everything, I, I look at things, I see things, and, and I feel things, and I remember them. And I have a, um, before I start tonight and go into the Word, I have a movie I want to just, it's going to take five minutes, and I have the time, because I'll probably come up short. But I want to see if, Titus, can you roll the video before we? 
Like I said, I like movies. Um, <laughs> I want to read something to you guys out of John 5. And it's just exactly what the movie we just watched. After this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. It says, now, I want you guys to remember now for me, okay? Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep's gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roost colonnades. In these, day, in these lays a multitude of invalids, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And I want to read something from the, from the NIV because you guys just saw this. I want to read this. this. The NIV, I go back and forth because I, it depends on where I'm at and what I need. God gives me something from these different, different translations. It says, what is this? It says, here, I want you guys to remember here now. It says, here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Those are all physical. And I added this myself. The cynical, the gossipers, the addicted, the unforgivers, the procrastinators, and the ones that think they're just not good enough. One man was there, had been there, invalid for 38 years. The Amplified Version says, there was a certain man that had suffered with a deep-seated lingering disorder for 38 years. There is so much juice in that. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, He said, Matt, he's been there a long time. He's okay being that way. And he's okay. He's been that way a long time. It's just natural for him. So Matt, it's okay. He didn't say that. He said to the man, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, said, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, take up your bed and walk. One of the translations says, start walking. Meaning he's just not going to get up and walk and maybe not walk. The other translation says, start walking. And at once the man was healed and took his bed and walked. Another version says the man was healed on the spot and he picked up his bedroll and walked off. Gone. Healed, gone, everything. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews saw that man that he had been healed. It is a Sabbath. It is unlawful for you to take up your bed. See, they weren't saying anything about the healing because they didn't want to get into that. It was all about you're picking up your bed. Yeah. 
Because if they had brought up the healing, they would have had to answer the questions. It was all about the work. It was all about something far away from what the work that Jesus did. They asked him, who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. Now the man had been healed, did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in this place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. You know, that last one is something that a lot of churches have just beat the heck out of them. You know what I mean? Um, about six months ago, I actually uh, uh, got a group of men together. And uh, some from this church, some not, some friends. And, and um, I got them together, and I, we were reading a book together, all of us. And the husband, the wife, Ginger and I had them in our home, and one night would be the guys, and we'd sit down and kind of read a portion of the book and watch a video and then all talk about what was going on. And, um, and it, it took about six months. We, no, it was about six months ago that we did it. And it took, I don't know, about two or three months to do it. But the whole time we were doing it, all of us were reaping something from what we were reading and what we were going through. But I just felt like something in my heart that I wanted to give these men something more than what we were getting out of this book. And I thought, you know, I, I, I needed to do that. And so I started by mission myself, not telling anyone that I would... Lord, you need to give me something for them. You need to give me a word. You need to give me something. And so I'm praying and praying and praying, praying in the morning, praying for the night, and, and God was just quiet. Another week passed by. I'm praying in the morning. I'm praying in the evening. I'm praying whenever I get a chance, Lord, give me something. I want to give these men something I, that I don't have. I want to give, me, give them something that only you can give. And so I, I, I was praying and praying, and to no avail, um, I got nothing. I, I talked to my wife a little bit, and I said, you know, I, I want to give him something, but because I'm not getting stirred, something has got to be there. Something has I got to, I want this to give them. I know I'm supposed to give him something. And so I, uh, one night I went to bed, and uh, I had a dream. And it wasn't a dream that anything I had watched, it wasn't a message that I taught back in class, it wasn't anything, although I've taught the message 15 times. It was this story. It was John chapter five. I've taught the kids over the years, but it was a dream. And this was different. Because this dream, I actually, it was a dream. I was actually there. I could, I remember going down and feeling the rocks. I remember going and I remember smelling the water. Could smell the water in the air. You know, you go to the ocean, you smell water. You go into a, you go into a sauna room and you smell, smell something. This dream I started having, I could smell. I could feel things. I was walking and I wasn't just panning a room and seeing something, 
I could walk and I could touch things and I could see things and feel things. And so I had this dream and I, I actually got to, and it was so cool. It was quiet and it was, I see all these people that needed to be healed and all these people and they have families with them and they have people with them and, and some people alone and some people next to the pool. And, and um, I remember seeing all this and then I actually got to see Jesus come down and talk to this man and heal this man. And I got to see it. And I, I had the dream and I woke up and I'm like, oh gosh, that was incredible. And it took me a day or two to figure out this. I, I loved it. This is so coolest thing in the whole world. Then I remembered, okay, well, God gave me this. This is for these guys. So I needed to figure out what it was that I was supposed to get at it. Because all I call got to do was walk in a really cool story and, and, uh, and be there and watch this. So I go back to sleep. The next night, I get the same dream again. And I ended up getting the dream for like maybe three or four more nights. And every time it would just end and I'm, and I'm looking around, I'm, I'm looking at the color of things, I'm looking at, looking for something that I can get meaning out of walking in this and feeling this. And so I go up and I'm like, okay. And I, I actually, well, I told my wife, I said, you know, there's, I keep having this dream. And, and I, I can't figure out what I'm supposed to get out of it. I'm supposed to get something out of this dream but I can't figure out what it is and I'm not getting it. And I'm, I'm looking for signs of something like a frog that was a seven on, had a seven on his back. I'm looking, I'm looking for anything that I could grab and I could know that it was a sign or know that it was something. And um, I, I came up short. And I talked to my wife, it's a little frustrating because I'm still praying, God, give me something for these men. Give me something for them. I, I know you have something, and I want to give it to them, and I, and I just wanted it for them. And I'm telling my wife, you know, Ginger, I'm not getting anything. I'm a little getting a little frustrated because I'm not getting anything. And then <clears throat> the one night I go to bed, and I, uh, this was different. I go to this dream this time, and this time I walk in, and I, I, I go in the, and I, there was a stairs, but I, I go into the, the place where the pool is. And this time, people don't look pretty. Everyone's right around the pool and they don't look like I had seen them before. They look like frustrated. And I realize that there's people standing around people that aren't family. There's people standing around people that are being paid to pick them up when they see the water move and take them to the pool. That there is, and then all of a sudden at one point in time, chaos breaks out. And I mean, it was crazy. People are stepping over people and hurting people and just crushing people to get to the water. Someone screamed at the water moved. And, and someone saw someone move another time when I saw the, I, I saw that, I call it a video, but, I, but I, I, this movie, this, this thing I got to experience, and I, I saw them just hurt each other. And the chaos it was. And then I see this just chaos, chaos, chaos. 
I look over and I, and um, the man's not there. This, a couple of times the man wasn't there. Jesus wasn't healing. But I got this, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I thought to myself, okay, it has to have something to do with we raise our kids. We're raised by our parents. And our parents are raised by their parents. And being told that if you're first, then you're not a loser. That you need to be first, that you need to be the fastest, that you need to be the smartest, that you need to have the most money. And we're raised, the world teaches us that. And it teaches us that, it teaches us that the world's view is completely based on self-will. The devil wants us to believe that a full life, a complete life, a happy life is given to those who are the fastest, the strongest, and are the most, maybe the most connected, who knows someone that can take them to the pool, to pick them up and carry them to the pool. That you will be, if you make it to the water first, you will be the best. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, I thought to myself that, you know, that's it. That's what I, that's what, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. Because I don't see Jesus anymore. I don't see the healed man anymore right now. I did see him in a couple times, but, but I didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't walk over there. I was watching this chaos. And I'm thinking that this must be it. I talked to my wife and I said, man, this is, this has got to be it. You know, we're, we're raised in this world that life teaches us, the devil teaches us, the world grabs us a hold and tells us that if we work harder than anyone else, we will get everything we ever wanted. And we tell our kids, you can do it. And I'm not, I'm not against hard work because I work hard. Okay. But we, we go up and then we tell our kids, you can do absolutely. My, if you have a son that's four foot tall and he's 16, you tell him you work as hard as you can, you'll be Michael Jordan. Some things just aren't in the cards for us. God has something else for us. And so I'm, I'm thinking that this is it. This is, this is what, what God's given me to give to these guys. This is it. I'm, I'm now at the, I, so now I, I talk to my wife and she goes, wow, that's pretty good, you know. And I said, oh man, I, and I got to live. And I, and I was, I was actually, um, I, went, I, I went to sleep and I was, at that point in time, I was still kind of looking forward. I would go back and because I'm looking, I want more. I want to, I want to feel something different. I want to see something different. I want to see someone hit the water. I want to see it. I want to see something. Yeah. And every time it's just chaos. So, so I think that I'm thinking in my head, that's it. I just got to figure out what it is. And I'm praying, God, you know, I, I understand this is a good word, but I want to figure out, give me how this all goes together. Um, so what I did was I, I actually um, got some people that, are, that I look very highly up to that are, uh, um, have the ability to see things like this. And uh, I spoke to some 
people really high up there. And no, it was not Pastor Barb. And it was not her dad. <clears throat> but I went to a place where I always go when I have a question. I went to our 4.0 class. I went to our 10 and 12-year-olds. You would not believe how anointed these kids are. The things they see. And so I went to them and I said, one Sunday, it was like four or five, and we're at a round table. We sit down at sometimes when I was back there. I said, guys, I got something for you. I got a story for you. I want you to close your eyes because I do this quite often with them. I want you to close your eyes and I want to tell you a story. And I want you to picture like you always do the place, the people. I want you to look at this and think of everything there is in this because and then I want to talk about it afterwards. And so I give him this story. I give him this story and I, I tell him the story. But I give him John 4, or verse 4, which isn't, we didn't read it. But I gave it to him in, in the Amplified Version. And it says, For an angel of the Lord went down in an appointed season into the pool and moved the water. Whoever then first after stirring up the water, stepped in, was cured, whatever disease, whichever one of them afflicted. Because I wanted them to, if they hadn't heard the story, or they, I wanted them to know what the pool was, what it meant. I wanted them to understand all that. And all of them, because I'm a pretty good storyteller, and I read it, and I put my heart into this. I wanted them to feel it too as I gave them the story. And one of the, there's th many things that they came up with, but one of the three things was, the first one is, one of the kids said, who dropped this boy off to become a man? I mean, he'd been there for 38 years. And they said, who would have dropped them off? And so we talked about that for a few minutes, and I said, you know, I don't know. And... One of the kids goes up and says, well, maybe their parents thought that that place was a good place for them. They had to have. But they asked me, did, did he, was his family there? Did they visit him? Did they do all? I said, you know, I don't know. I, I, the story doesn't tell us. I said, the important thing is not what you didn't see. It's what did you see? You saw that young man, and you, you heard 38 years, and they're 10, so it's a lifetime. Right. So I wanted to them to see what it was. What did you, when you saw that? And uh, the other question is, they got is, why didn't, now there was bunches and bunches, there was a festival going on. So that place was probably packed. People were coming everywhere, everywhere to Jerusalem. So it was filled, 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 filled with people. One of the kids goes up to me and says, why, when they saw, because they're all close together probably, why when Jesus stepped down and they heard him, probably, he didn't whisper, he didn't hide what he was doing. Why did, the main, why did everyone else around not want to get healed? They had probably been there just as long. And they told me, they said, you know, Pastor Matt, why? Why did, I said, I don't know, guys. I want you to answer. Why do you think? 
Why do you think that, I mean, there's people everywhere. You know this guy's been there for a long, long, long time. Okay? And then all of a sudden, you see a man go down and do nothing but, but say walk. Pick up your bed and walk. And he gets up and he walks. Why do these other people that need a healing, why do they not get healed? So they go up and, and, I, and one of the kids talking back and forth, because one would say something and one would say, no, 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 this is what it is, or, or this is what it is. And one of the kids goes up and says, well, I just think that person should have left for 38 years. He should have left. And then he should have gone somewhere and taken a disability and done something like they do with it now. Because now they don't just, people who are disabled, you know, get wheelchairs, get things, and, and, and get on with their life. And, and the, the other kid said, but, but he would still be disabled. He'd be in the wheelchair, but he'd still be disabled. So those people around him, they were so focused, that one of the kids told me that they were so focused on the water that they didn't see Jesus. They kept thinking that the water, the water, the water, even though this guy walks in that no one knows who he is probably, except for the Pharisees, he walks in and heals a guy. And I said, guys, you guys got to, you know, the next thing they said. Um, they said that, uh, you know, we all have conditions. Like that man, we all have something. And um, the man sat there for so long trying to figure out for so long and long and long and long because maybe he got comfortable. He got comfortable being that way. Maybe he thought to himself, I'm supposed to be this way. You know, God made me this way. I'm supposed to be this way. But um, as we look around, as we are in this room tonight and we look left or we look right, um, all of us in this room have some type of condition. And some of us have had it for a very long time. And, uh, you know, I was going to um, end here tonight with this. But um, I'm going to talk to you guys. I, I actually dreamt again. Um, this story, we're going to have to change the name of my tonight. But because um, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily going to speak about this unless God wanted me to. But... Um, I actually had other dreams. Once I talked with the kids and they made me look at some things that I had never looked at, um, I actually had the dream again. And this time, I got to go down in this place that was hot and it smelled. And the water didn't smell like it was fresh ocean water, 
But I got to walk down there and I see all these sick people and all these sick people. And I, I look over and I see the man and I go over and I said, okay. Um, so I get to watch Jesus heal the guy. I look up and, and um, the man is weeping. He realizes he's got legs and, and or he, he hasn't realized it yet. He, he, but the man's just weeping and weeping and weeping. And all of a sudden, the man looks up it's Jesus, and it's me. And um, talk about a reckoning. Um, now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I have anything that I need to be healed of. So I had a really hard time with that. It was a nightmare to me. It was frustrating. I struggled with it. And I, I woke up and didn't want to watch it again. Because it just wrecked me. And I go up and I said, okay, we're not doing this dream again. This is like a horror show that I watched when I was a kid that you think on. So I go to bed again. I have the dream again. And it's me. And I had this dream. It got to a point where I did not want to go to sleep. I called my wife. and I, or I told my wife, I told her, I said, Ginger, I... I'm having trouble sleeping. Yeah, you toss and you turn and you're so you sleep and you're up. And I go, yeah, I do not want to have this dream. I don't want to go back to sleep. What's happening? And I said, yo, I keep seeing this man look up. This dirty, filthy, broken man, this handicapped with this condition. And all of a sudden it looks up and it's me. And every time I do it, my heart gets ripped out of my chest. And she goes... Well, you know, this is, you know, I don't, I don't know how to help you. And I said, well, I, I just, I'm, I'm in trouble sleeping. So for two weeks, maybe more, I fought going to sleep. I stayed up late watching TV till 2 o'clock in the morning, and I get up at 4 or 5, so that I'd be so tired when I go to sleep that I wouldn't remember this thing. That I would just be so dead sleep that I wouldn't have any, what would they call REM sleep, or I wouldn't have any of these visions. I wouldn't, there's no way I was gonna have it because I was too tired. But every single time I closed my eyes, I'd have this thing where I'd see me, and then all of a sudden, I look up and it's like, please let it be someone else I know. Please, please, it's gotta be these, because this is not for me, remember. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, this is for someone else I need. I need this for someone else. I have men that I needed to give this to. And I, I look up and sure enough, it's me again. And just the same ripping and gripping in my chest and wake myself up. And um, uh, I, uh, I realized that uh, I kept telling myself, you know, I have a great life. I don't have a problem. I'm, I'm not, there's nothing I'm harboring. There's nothing I'm doing. And, um, and then in one of my dreams, the, the, one of the last dreams, um, I, I said other words. And I said to him, I go, I've been this way a long time. You don't know how long? And he says, no, I know how long you've been here. But do you want to be healed? Looks at me. And I'm but so long. I can't get to the water. Now I'm using excuses. So now I'm seeing not just the part 
where I say, look up and it's me, but I'm, I'm using excuses, I'm doing all these things. And, and I, uh, I'm doing all these excuses to him and, I, and then I forget it. That's it, I wake up, force myself to wake up. I don't want to see this dream again. And then I went for prayer. Not the praying that I was doing, Jesus, please don't let me see this again. Okay? It was the praying, you know, I need to get beyond this. I need to figure out what it is that I need to be healed of. Because I can't keep doing I'm struggling working. I keep my eyes open. I'm driving. I'm struggling just doing everything in my life because these night, this nightmare is handling me. So I, I prayed to God and... One of the things I notice is that when, and I especially notice it at the pantry, is that um, myself included, and a lot of people, we love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we do God changing us. I can't tell you how many times people come in the pantry, pray for me, my husband is this. Can you please change him? My, my kids are out of control. Can you please change this? But 99% of the time when people would come to me at the pantry and I'd pray for them, it was about changing a circumstance. It wasn't about changing them. It wasn't about, can you please pray for me that God gives me a new heart? Can you please pray for me that God gives me the answers to his problem? It was all about, and I know as Christians, that, that's, that's sometimes what we do. We want to change the circumstances and not change the other things. Um... Can I get you to bow your heads for a minute? Uh, I know this message tonight may have not been for a lot. And I know it may not have been, may have been for many and it may have been for a few. But I know maybe, 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 I know, I know, I know that I was supposed to give the third part of this for someone. I know I was supposed to. I don't know why I shared it, because I, well, I mean, I know why I shared it, because I opened my mouth and God told me to come out with it. But I think we're at a place right now where everyone, everyone has a condition. And I think there's people in this room that have had it for a very, very long time. Since I had that, that dream, I've had three other dreams and three other conditions. God has opened up and shown to me. He's spoken to me. There's someone in this room, I think that needs to be healed of an addiction to maybe social media, pornography, maybe. And I know mine was procrastination another one of mine was and I know several people in this room are dealing with it tonight is 
you just don't feel good enough. The devil wants you to believe that you're just not good enough. And I want all you guys to, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, Lord, I ask right now, you know in this room, Lord, that every single one of us have a condition, Lord. Lord, I ask that as I, re as I talk to them tonight, Lord, that it became lifted up and in front of them, Lord. Lord, we ask right now, Lord, that those conditions that tonight, Lord, now and here, now and here, Lord, that you take those, Lord, that we take those things that, as I spoke, they thought about their thing, their condition, that they didn't think about before. I ask right now, Lord, that you take that condition, Lord. You take that thing, Lord. And Lord, you throw it where you throw everything else, Lord, that no one in this room will be touched with it again, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this night, Lord. We, Lord, I thank you for giving me the, the words to say, Lord. I ask you to be with these people as they leave here tonight, Lord. Be with them, Lord. Expose things to them, Lord, as they walk and they talk and they, and they dream, Lord. We ask for all these things in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I actually made it through further than I thought I was going to, but my clock is... Uh, I wanted to cut a little short for you guys. I, um, I hope you guys were able to get stirred a little bit. It was a reckoning for me. <laughs> and I wasn't going to share the last part with you guys, but, but it just seemed to flow to it. So, Nope. Okay. I want to, uh, we're going to close out the service. And uh, we have Sunday morning. We will see all of you guys. Hope you guys have a great There's Thanksgiving day. Oh, and there is pumpkin pie on so that you guys can grab on the way out. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>